0: You're listening to the Prof. Joe COVID-19 Aged Care Podcast. If you're an aged care professional, you can connect with us at the Prof. Joe COVID-19 Aged Care Facebook group. Otherwise, you can connect with us at our regular page at Prof. Joe online. You can also visit our website at profjo.com.au for a collection of all our links. Also, feel free to email us at info at profjoe.com.au. Welcome. Welcome to the Prof Joe COVID-19 Aged Care Podcast. Today we're speaking with Sue Atkins, an infection control nurse, and will be taking us through personal protective equipment in detail. And we'll be answering some of the really difficult questions that people are confronted with. Welcome, Sue. Thank you. Now, Sue, everyone wants to do the right thing. The problem at the moment is there's so much information that we get lost. And there are so many different approaches in different countries and different states and territory. I want to start with some questions on the equipment and the donning and doffing of the equipment. Then we'll discuss some specific situations that we all worry about. Sue, what is the best personal protective equipment to use?
1: Personal protective equipment is a variety of things that we use to protect ourselves. The things that we use in healthcare and aged care are gloves, gowns, protective eyewear and masks and these protect us from our health and safety risks that we might come across and one of those is infection.
0: And how well does the PPE work?
1: It works really, really well if you put it on and take it off the right way. There is a particular sequence for putting it on and that makes sure that you get a good seal and that nothing gets in the gaps around the PPE that you put on. And then taking it off is important so that you don't infect yourself or um, contaminate yourself as it comes off, but also the environment around you. If you put leave something on an environment that you shouldn't and it will get contaminated.
0: Did you have any tips about how I can check that I've done it properly by putting it on?
1: Particularly for a mask, you can do a check and see that there is a seal around the mask. So you usually press from your nose right across to your ears really hard on the hard bit of the mask to make sure it's sealed and then breathe in and out for a bit and that will help. You should make sure that your gloves are over the top of your gown's sleeves if you've got long sleeve gowns. Make sure that your eyewear goes on after your mask so that's on top of your mask and not underneath your mask.
0: Do you think is it worth having someone check as you do it?
1: Um, it, that can be time consuming and we don't always have enough staff in aged care to do that. So I think it's knowing about how to put it on and take it off really well yourself. So education about that's important. Regular reminders is important. Um, having posters up works really well. So the DHHS coronavirus website has posters on how to put on and how to take off. If you laminate them and put them in resident care areas, that would be very helpful for staff. But then they can have a quick glance at it to make sure that they're doing it the right way.
0: Often after I've been gloved and gowned, which isn't that much these days, is I, I tend to relax once I've finished and my concentration slips. Is there any way of making sure that I'm paying attention to how I take the PPEs off?
1: Yes, there is. There's a particular sequence for it coming off. And A hot tip for that one is to make sure that you always do your hands before your hands go anywhere near your face. So if you do that, if you think about that every time you take off a piece of equipment, you'll do the right thing. So taking off your gloves first and doing hand hygiene because you always do hand hygiene before and after glove use. And then the next place you're going to is your face to get your goggles off. So you do your hands before your hands go near your face. Then you can take your gown off. Then you do your hands again because your hands are going to go back to your face to get the mask off as well. So, you know, if you go in the right sequence and you do your hand hygiene in the right sequence, you're not going to contaminate yourself or the environment.
0: So to me it sounds like I'll be washing my hands at least three times. Is that right?
1: You will be. Yes, definitely. Three times. And you can use an alcohol-based hand rub or soap and water. But we do know in aged care that things are very few and far between and often you know, you have wings and there's what one sink in each wing and it's a long way to go to use soap and water. So the alcohol-based hand rubs are really good to do in between taking off your PPE, unless your hands are contaminated. So you can only use alcohol-based hand rub if you haven't got anything visible on your hands. So if there is something like that, then you will have to use soap and water.
0: Now, we've all heard that there are shortages of PPEs. Is there anything wrong with bringing my own gear in?
1: No, you shouldn't bring your own gear in. PPE is um, manufactured to strict guidelines. They're registered products and they work the way they work because they have been um, made specifically for the types of things that we're going to come across in healthcare and aged care. So making your own, they're not going to be fluid resistant. They're not going to stop the bugs getting in. So it's better not to bring your own in.
0: What about reusing the PPEs if they're so short? Should I be trying to save using them? And I'll come to common situations shortly, but if I just put my PPE on at the start of the shift, leave it on for the whole shift, and then take it off, is, is that a good idea?
1: No, it's not a good idea. PPE is not designed to be worn for any length of time. PPE is very hot, claustrophobic, itchy. You always want to readjust it. If you wore it too long, you readjust it too often. You'll touch places off the PPE that you shouldn't, that are contaminated. And then you end up contaminating everybody around you in your environment as well. So it's important not to wear it over um, any length of time, but also to wear it at the right times as well. If you're wearing it for standard and transmission-based precautions, those are about the right times you wear it and only when you're doing tasks for standard precautions and only when you're dealing with people who've got an infection for transmission-based precautions.
0: The supplies of PPEs, is there a real shortage? The articles I've read from the UK suggest that they provided homes with a set supply and many had run out. Is that the situation in Australia?
1: There is a, a shortage of PPE, and healthcare workers across the world are concerned that there's a shortage. In Australia, we've got some strategies in place for PPE. So probably the first point of contact for aged care homes would be the Commonwealth. I know on the Commonwealth website, um, they've got specific instructions for aged care or residential aged care providers to be able to contact them if they are short of PPE. And I know in Victoria, we the Department of Health and Human Services are working hard to ensure there's enough PPE for those who need it. And so they've developed a PPE task force and they're looking at a coordinated approach of purchasing and supply of PPE to health services.
0: So I get confused with the, the various naming of the masks. Is one better than the other and, and what's the difference between them?
1: Well, there's a single-use surgical mask, which is used for most things that you do for standard precautions and for anyone on contact and droplet precautions. So that's what we're using for COVID-19 is There are some infections and some procedures that you perform that you would need a different type of mask and this mask is called an N95 or P2 mask and this is a respirator mask so it's a little bit thicker than a surgical mask and it takes the smaller droplets or airborne droplets that are out there, stops them from getting in so it's a little bit different for use. During COVID-19, you're wearing a single-use surgical mask 90% 90% of the time and if you have to perform an aerosol generating procedure then you would change over to a P2 in 95 respirator mask.
0: So Sue I struggle sometimes when I see a patient that looks well doesn't appear to have any evidence of a COVID infection and I think well I don't need to wear my PPE am I right this time?
1: Um, no, someone can look well but be infectious, and that, that's a common thing. That's why we have the two-tiered approach to the use of PPE. And what I mean by two-tiered approach, I mean we use standard precaution as tier one, so that's the first thing we do, and we use it for everybody, regardless of what's going on with them. And we usually use it for standard precautions if there's going to be or likelihood of being in contact with someone else's blood or body substances. The second tier, or the second way that we protect ourselves, is by using PPE for transmission based precautions. So that's tier two. And that is when we have a suspected or known case of infection or infectious agent. And that way we can put the extra equipment on that we might need, and that probably where masks come into use a little bit more.
0: So given that the infection doesn't appear for perhaps 24 hours with symptoms. Is it sensible to, to take that extra precaution and be wearing a mask?
1: No, I think the most important thing to be doing is to be doing your hand hygiene and keeping your hands away from your face. Transmission is contact and droplet, and so even if, they haven't, if they're not coughing, they're not likely to be spreading any droplets. And if they are shedding any of the virus any other way, like through maybe vomiting or anything like that, then you would have PPE on because it's a likelihood of contact or splash with someone else's body substance. So a standard precaution is you would put PPE on. Uh, Best way to explain it probably is, say, a dry task so that they've got no vomiting, no diarrhea, no coughing. Then you're doing something that's dry. So hand hygiene is the most important way to go. And then don't touch your face because we do know that if there's anything in the environment and you pick it up with your hands, you touch your face that's how you can infect yourself.
0: Just on the other side can I be protecting the resident if I was wearing the PPE because I've been outside and I don't know who I've come across when I've been shopping is it helpful if I wear a mask with the notion that I'm protecting my resident?
1: No number one if you're not well you don't come to work for staff to monitor their own health while they're at home. So if they start to feel unwell, they take their temperature regularly and they have a suspicion that they're not well, then don't come to work. That's number one. Number two, when they're coming in the door, they do hand hygiene. They're green if they're coming in the door as well and they do hand hygiene immediately. And then whenever they're supposed to do it, as far as um, resident care goes, they should keep themselves and their residents safe.
0: Sue, so if we move on then, I just want to go through the fundamentals of personal activities of daily living. We've talked about what we do for observations. Now, if the staff are helping them get dressed in the morning and undressed at night, is there anything specific they need to be doing? Because obviously that's a hands-on task. No, not
1: normally. It's just that, again, it's the hand hygiene, not touching your face. Generally, no, PPEs are quite um Dressing or showering somebody, even if you're helping them walk down the corridor, using with their wheelie walker, things like that, you don't have to wear PPE. Again, it comes down to standard precautions if you think there's going to be an issue. So, if you're dressing someone and they've got a wound that's not, con- not contained under a dressing, then you put your gloves on. If you're having to remove false teeth out of someone's mouth, then you put a pair of gloves on because you're going to have contact with their mouth and saliva and also. We know false teeth don't fit that well in some of the aged care and they quite often have ulcers in their mouth. The gloves are good for that sort of thing. Showering is another one that's quite interesting because PPE is not required for infection risks unless they're incontinent. However, staff do wear some PPE like a plastic apron and shoe covers to keep themselves dry more than anything.
0: Um, Should they be wearing a mask with showering?
1: No. These are people without signs and symptoms. You know, if someone is in isolation, then the showering process does require PPE.
0: If there is a suspected case and I'm, uh, yeah, it's my shift and I come through handover, someone's told me that I've got Mr. Jones and Mr. Jones has uh, just had a swab done by the GP. Can you go look after them? And I'm sitting here thinking, what am I supposed to do? Does he have the infection or not? What do I do in this no man's land territory? I'm worried for myself, I'm worried about the other residents and I'm worried for my family. What should I do?
1: Until you rule it out completely, then you still follow the precautions that you would for COVID-19. So you use contact and droplet precautions and you'd need your PPE on and that will protect you and everybody else. So the PPE you would use would be the gown, the surgical mask, protective eyewear. So that can be goggles or face shield, not both together, one or the other, and gloves. So you would use those while you're looking after this person until you get your results back and you know where you stand.
0: i just want to make this a little bit more complicated for you. Let's imagine that Mr Jones has dementia and doesn't quite understand what's going on. He gets scared because he sees me in a gown and mask and goggles. And um, my PPE gets torn, or I get a breach in it. What would I do there?
1: Any PPE that gets wet or torn, no matter what the circumstances are, needs to come off. So you have to get someone to take over from you, or as soon as possible, get the opportunity to take it off, do your hand hygiene. And if you need that PPE in dealing with that particular resident, then you have to put on a new set of PPE. Don't keep trying to work through with wet or tom peepee because it's not protecting you to the full extent that it should be.
0: And so do I need to go off and get tested or see my GP or what would I do?
1: It will come down to the decision on what's going on with the resident and then working through those steps from that point on to see who the contacts are, what the risks are and do they need to be tested as well. Um, It's very well set out in the guidelines, so just
0: have to follow them. All right, so first thing then is to do an appraisal of the resident themselves and once we've completed that, we would use that information to determine whether the risk for the care worker or the nurse, uh, what that level of risk is and that then determines the next course of action?
1: Yes, and staff know their residents very, very well. They're great at their job. They know their residents' behaviour patterns and what's not right for them, what's not usual for them. So, it, you know, you listen to what they think and then you work your way through the process.
0: From your experience and your colleagues, do you have any tips around what we should tell the resident or their family who may often become scared when they see us all gowned up? they can't really see our face that well and it's hard to interpret body language and facial expressions. How do we keep everyone calm and settled when the usual techniques we have of talking and body language aren't there?
1: Yeah, no, it's pretty hard sometimes. And residents will have that fear and they will be worried, just like the staff do. If you can explain to them, um, you're wearing a PPE to protect everybody so that you know, you're protecting yourself from getting sick so you can keep looking after them, you're protecting them from getting sick so they can still do what they usually do, and then so you don't take anything out into the community. Sometimes it's just making some visual poster, like some pictures that, that represent those things and putting it together so that they can visualise it. Not everybody understands the verbal message, and so a visual message is a good thing as well try and think of creative ways of getting that message across and say it often because they need
0: reassuring often. I think the other tip that I'd heard is that when you've got the mask on that you need to speak a little bit louder and slower to be clear because you often might be muffled and I think the other issue in aged care to remember is that some of our residents rely on lip reading to understand and So that form of communication needs to be considered as well because they're obviously not going to be able to lip read through a surgical mask.
1: No, and that's where the pictorial type poster works well or something that you can hand to them, as we explain. So you're going to have to adjust and get louder and get more clearer and also have other ways of communicating for those who don't understand verbal conversations that you're having
0: Uh, So, Sue, can I take my used PPE home? It seems such a waste to throw it out.
1: No, don't take it home. It's a high risk to take it home. You wear your PPE for reasons. You wear it because of standard precautions. So you wear it because you're going to have contact with someone else's blood or body fluid. That means that that equipment could have both blood or body fluid on it. You don't want to take it home to your family or friends. The other reason you're wearing your PPE is for transmission-based precautions. So you're wearing it because someone's got an infection. You don't want to take that infection home to your family. So make sure that you just leave it at work. Don't take it home. You would think that it would be something that would be useful, but no, it won't be. It'll be just causing a risk to everybody that you come into contact with.
0: Thanks. I'm I'm sorry I asked that question. I, I feel the right fool now. Let's say I've gone through all the precautions, done my PPEs spot on, and I'm home now, I've got my feet up, had a hard day, and suddenly I feel a little bit hot and a bit of a tickle at the back of my throat. What do I do now?
1: You monitor your own signs and symptoms. It could be the fact that you've just worked really, really hard. You've taken PPE off, on and off a hundred times, and you feel exhausted. You don't drink as much when you wear PPE, so you. Throat can get quite scratchy and you can get very hot and flustered. So monitor your temperature for that 24 hours. Monitor your signs and symptoms. And if you're still feeling unwell, don't come to work. Call someone at work and let them know what's going on and then stay at home until you know what's going on or whether you need to have a test or not have a test for COVID-19.
0: Sue, I've struggled to answer the question when colleagues have asked me Why are we socially distancing in the community? And yet when we go into a clinical space or we're going into an aged care facility, we can't social distance. And so is social distancing really important? And if so, how do we do it in a clinical setting? And if I can't social distance, should I be wearing a mask all the time?
1: When you go to work, you still want to follow the 1.5 social distancing if you possibly can, and in quite a few instances you can do that, but when you're providing care to a person, you do have to go closer. However, healthcare workers and residential aged care workers have been trained in using PPE, whereas the members of the public haven't. And so using the PPE in the health system or the aged care system is our barrier wearing a mask all the time is not going to do that. A mask is only going to protect you if someone has those signs and symptoms. And we're saying to members of the public, don't wear a mask all the time. We're saying to healthcare workers, don't wear a mask all the time unless those signs and symptoms. I think it comes down to the training that everybody has had. And at this particular point in time, I think they need to have regular updates on that
0: Sue sometimes we do things unconsciously and for example that you know we've delivered uh, someone's meal we've left the tray there and then we've either forgotten an eating utensil and just pop out automatically to get it think it's only going to be a, a minute and it won't matter is it true that it doesn't matter?
1: If you've got in the room and you've got your PPE on and then you have forgotten something, I'm afraid you're going to have to take it off and do your hand hygiene, go out and get what you need and then come back and then do it again. So you put your PPE on outside the room, you take your PPE off in the room, you stay 1.5 metres away from the resident and it is possible to do that in 90% of the residents' rooms been as close as possible to the door, take the PPE off there, the mask comes off last and if you're less than 1.5 metres away from the resident and can't get that mask off, you do it at the door. So you open the door, take it off, step straight out and do your hands the minute you get outside the door. That's where the placement of the alcohol-based hand is important, outside and inside of those rooms.
0: Sue, have you got any other tips or ideas that we haven't spoken about?
1: Another thing that we have often suggested for aged facilities to do is to consider purchasing, which is the cheapest possible way to do it, a four drawer stacker. You can wipe over it if you need to and we suggest that you put the PPE in order that it goes on in those four drawers. So there's four pieces of PPE that go on and if you put them in order in the drawer then they put them on the right way and that helps them to remember how to get a good seal. So, or you can put a hand hygiene product on the top of it. Now they don't take up a lot of space, they're easily moved, they're usually on a caster, so it's easy to move them. And if you need more of them, it's the cheapest possible way you can do it.
0: Sue, thanks very much for your time. That's been very enlightening and useful.
1: Well, thanks for having me.